Hello, and welcome to Getting It Done, a podcast about music, education, and life lessons. I'm your host, Tim Rausenberger, and today is Tuesday, February 20th, 2018. This is episode 244, Stress Relievers for Students. If we have read one article, if we've seen one video, if we've watched one television show, then we've watched a thousand about the dangers of stress. And a lot of the things involving stress tend to focus on adults. The reality, stress is very prevalent in students. Students of all ages. And when I say students, this is not just for eight-year-olds. Teenagers, no, this particular podcast is for any student, any walk of life, in any situation where they're in a learning environment. Over the course of the past two years, I've experimented with different types of stress relievers to use in the classroom and I can't stress enough bad pun sorry I can't stress enough the importance of these different types of devices and techniques I say techniques because I think people hear stress reliever and something might come to mind that they need to do in 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 a way to release their stress or in a way where they can simply take out their frustration on something they can hold in in their hand, like a ball. So today, I'm going to go in no specific order of about all of the different types of stress relievers you can try in a classroom setting. And before I get into those, the first thing that you should do with any of your students at the beginning of a school year or if you are supervising children you don't know ask them a very very simple question what are the things that cause you to get stressed or angry or frustrated and then follow that up by asking what are the things you like to do to help you get rid of that stress. You will be amazed at their answers. It was through these types of questions with students, I was able to become a better teacher for my kids. Because when you listen to your students, when you are listening to children and you're taking their suggestions, you're empowering them. You are giving them the opportunity to speak their mind, to express their thoughts, to let them know how they truly feel. 
simply doing that alone is going to start to relieve some stress for them because they're going to start to feel comfortable. Which is going to lead me into one of the most basic stress relievers of all. A teacher with a calm, reassuring voice. Teachers who fly off the handle easily about almost anything. And I'm not necessarily talking about in a mean way. I'm talking about teachers that can sometimes have slightly erratic behavior in the classroom. It can make for a uh, frenetic type of environment. It can make for students to sometimes be a little bit on edge, not always in a positive way. Now, we've certainly had those dynamic instructors before, and we certainly have those ones that can motivate, but you also have to, and you can do that, but it can't be 24-7. You need to balance it with being calm. Most of my teaching these days, I tend to be as calm and reassuring in class as possible. Don't get me wrong, I'm not using a soft, hushed tone in my voice when I teach. That's, that's not what's going on in the classroom. But I do have a type of overtone in what the children are hearing that lets them know that I'm there for them and it's okay if you make mistakes and this is a safe place for you. Heaven knows this is one crazy world we live in in 2018 and stability is key. It's everything. I also want to add one more thing to the calm, soothing voice. I got this simply ridiculous, how can I even put it? It it was a ridiculous meeting, I'll just leave it at that, in which there was someone who said to me, your classroom doesn't have enough rainbows. That word was used. Your classroom doesn't have enough positive things around. Your classroom doesn't have, and the list went on and on, and I realized this is what I would probably see in a kindergarten or a first grade classroom. Now, as it turned out, I was teaching middle school. And I'm also not someone who is who feels very strongly about that being important to have a safe learning environment. As a matter of fact, ironically, before the end of that particular day, after I heard these frankly silly words from this person, I went into the classroom of a teacher because I had to pass a message along to a student where the teacher was yelling, was berating, children and I'm looking around the room as they're doing this with completely inappropriate professional behavior 
And I'm looking around the room and I see posters. Do your best. Try your hardest. Be a winner. We're all here for you. I mean, all these positive messages, but none of it was present in the tone by the teacher. So the stuff in the room, it's nice. And if you feel that you need to make everything about rainbows and unicorns in your room, go for it. But I don't think it's really that necessary. I've had school years where I've had little to no decorations around my room. And I think that students feel safe. And I think that they do like the surroundings. Because the most important surrounding of all in a classroom is that teacher. Now, in terms of your stress relievers, material things you can use in the classroom. Well, one would certainly be music. And a lot of teachers I know use music to calm students. Certainly different forms of classical music are out there. You can do searches to find out what classical music would be best. It might be a soft piano, it could be a, a, an orchestra, it could be some light Baroque music. And you, it usually, the type of music that you want to hear would be major as opposed to minor. That is music that's happier in nature as opposed to uh, sad or uh, intense is usually a word I like to use for music that's in minor. So music is a, a great outlet to use, not just really in the music classroom, but in any type of a classroom. And students uh, certainly enjoy that. I will say one slight thing on this, that whole thing with Mozart and Mozart being great for the brain. Listen, Mozart's not gonna hurt you in any way. Mozart is beneficial, Mozart is nice. Mozart, as far as being the be-all, end-all to raise IQ, that was really proven to be nothing more than a sham. And uh, this whole idea of Mozart raising your IQ a gazillion points is really nothing short of outrageous. So just, just so you know, uh, that, that thing was a sham. It was a scam. It was something that uh, somebody had a study and they ran with it and they made a lot of money. Other stress relievers, one that a lot of people will not enjoy hearing in this podcast, but I assure you they work. Fidget spinners. I'm going to share with you my fidget spinner story before I even allowed them in my classrooms. About five years ago, I was hanging out with a friend of mine and we were about to go out to dinner and I noticed that he had this spinner in his hands and it was made by a company, I, I can't even think of their exact name, but you had to go through uh, a search engine which was called Etsy, E-T-S-Y. And this particular manufacturer was affiliated with Etsy and they produced fidget spinners. 
and they were about $25 a piece. The thing about their fidget spinners is they were all custom made and they were amazing. They were heavy. They just, they didn't break. You know, throw them against things and nothing, nothing would happen. But the fidget spinner, I remember trying it, just spinning it on the table and then spinning it in my hand and it was it was relaxing i really really enjoyed it and this particular person said well i use it all the time because i have very very active hands and i am a fidgety person by nature and it feels terrific so fast forward now to 2016-17 that would be the 1617 school year where fidget spinners were all the craze it was one of those fads where if you didn't have a fidget spinner you were not cool and we had that type of nonsense that happened and then you could get a fidget spinner that might be only a dollar from a store nearby but you could also find fidget spinners that were as much as twenty dollars online and they had lights on them and the lights were flashing or they went around in circles and all different types of crazy fidget spinners. And then they started to make their way into the classrooms and schools. And then there were teachers who complained. And then there were parents who complained that their children were being bullied by other children because they didn't have the fidget spinner that cost as much as others. And then all this complaining got to administrations and board of educations. And what did we wind up seeing? Fidget spinners outlawed in schools and school districts all over the country. Ridiculous. Yes, ridiculous. Because I can assure you that all of last school year in my classroom setting, first of all, I didn't have to worry about fidget spinners being banned from the classroom because our school allowed them. They didn't allow them to the point where they said, make sure students have them, but they, they didn't mind students bringing them in. But I can tell you that throughout the entire school year, not once, not one time, did, you, did a fidget spinner take away from the education of the children. Not once did the fidget spinner take away from the learning environment. Not once did the fidget spinner do anything in the least to detract from the educational process. And I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, fidget spinners are absolutely encouraged and can allow students to focus better in academic situations. I completely challenge anyone who wants to have a stance that's uh, against it. I went through an entire school year, an entire school year. I had to have seen hundreds of different fidget spinners from hundreds of different students. And not one time did I ask a student a question 
ever, not one time, did I ask a student a question and the fidget spinner was the reason they weren't learning. Not one time did I ask a student a question and the fidget spinner was the reason that another student wasn't learning because they were looking at someone else's fidget spinner. Simply not true. Not true at all. And the one thing I'll add to that is that if you were one of those teachers who was, who was bothered by it, you should probably take a good look at your own classroom management and discipline. And I know that that may sound harsh, but to blame things going on in the classroom on fidget spinners is absurd. It's, it's, uh, the word is ridiculous. I, I don't understand people who will say such things. I have had situations with students who have been inconsolable. We have situations as educators every day where children are stressed out. They come into classrooms where they've, they've gone through horrible situations with their families. They got into a terrible fight with a friend in school. They may have other ex conditions just uh, psychologically that they need some type of a relief. Fidget spinners are fantastic. So much so that when the craze died down this school year, I went out and bought a ton of them. At all times on my desk, I have no less than 10 different fidget spinners. None of them are the same color. None of them are exactly the same in any way by design. And I do that with the specific purpose of availability. Because if a student needs it, they simply have to ask and they can take it. And if they don't need it, then they're not going to ask and they're not going to take it. They know that it's on my desk. They know they can't just grab it on their own. They have to ask. And they know that they have to take care of it and make sure not to be dropping it or hitting it against things and doing things other than what it was designed for. But why not spend what, at this point, you can get them on, on the cheap. I, I've spent no more than about $50 on fidget spinners. And I've gotten so much out of it because I've gotten so much more out of my students. They actually help with focus and they really help with students being able to release stress. Now, you can use stress balls. There are different types of stress balls. Uh, the ones that I've seen that work effectively are not ones that have anything inside of them. In other words, a latex exterior with something inside, maybe like a putty or something. The ones that I find best are the, the types uh, that would be comparable to a racquetball but a lot softer in, in nature. Uh, they, you can usually find the best ones if you look at uh, places that sell medical supplies. Uh, those are the best because a lot of those stress balls are also used for uh, rehabilitation purposes. So stress balls are, are fabulous to have. They are also not that expensive. You can probably get them for about $3 each. And with all of these things, of course, certainly make sure you have your Purell on hand 
make sure that we're we're rubbing them down with wipes. I even have students who uh, will take time maybe once a week and they'll just take uh, uh, the antibacterial wipes and just wipe down the different things because certainly we don't want germs being spread by the way of these uh, different objects. But while I was looking for the stress balls online, I came in in contact with something which has really changed, uh, really changed the educational learning atmosphere for for my students. It's also helped me a lot, and that's therapy putty. If you type in therapy putty as a search, you're going to see a lot of things come up, and specifically, you're going to see a lot of different colors. Uh, a lot of the therapy putty that's sold will be sold in different strengths, and the strengths are usually by colors. Uh, the most popular ones that I've seen have, or the, the if when they sell them in sets, the most popular ones tend to have yellow, pink, green, and blue. The yellow is an extra soft texture, the pink is soft, the green is medium, and the blue is what they call firm. They don't call it hard, but they call it firm. And the greatest thing about therapy putty is that it keeps its uh, its texture, it keeps the strength of the putty. So it, it's the retention inside of the compound is always going to be there. It doesn't, if it's, if it's a soft putty, it doesn't get softer. If it's a firm putty, it will always remain firm. The firm will never gradually break down and become extra soft. And on the other hand, the extra soft will never become firm. Now you certainly, as you're going to find out with therapy putty, there are the things you can't do with it. You don't want to be getting it on clothing. You certainly don't want it hitting the ground because if it hits the ground, especially if it hits a carpet, it's going to pick up all of the different things there, the hair and all that gross stuff. Uh, the other thing with therapy putty is I, I do insist that students uh, take a shot of Purell before they touch the putty. You cannot use anti you, you could use the uh, antibacterial wipes and wipe it down although the th the therapy putty actually is such that it can even stick to the wipes. It can be very very sticky. Um, the putty is not like silly putty. That's extremely important although you can stretch it out like silly putty. Uh, but it's it's an amazing amazing thing for students to use. I don't usually allow students to share it with other students because that's a quick way to spread germs. So if they're going to use it from, I'm talking about specifically in one particular class. If students using it, they're not supposed to be giving it to another person. They're not supposed to be sharing it or anything like that. But the therapy putty has been amazing and the firm therapy putty I mean you have to have some if you get the firm or I've even had the extra firm therapy putty it's like a rock and it's really hard to move if you got strong hands or you got some major anger management issues it's fantastic to use
really, really helpful. And the thing about it is it doesn't hurt anyone. It's it's a, an amazing product. The Therapy Putty only costs for a two or three ounce tub, uh, also about three or four dollars for each little tub, and it lasts a lifetime. I use the medium th- uh, putty all the time because I like to uh, strengthen my hands. I like to uh, sometimes crack my joints and 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 uh, help. Uh, by by using the the putty, I use it for that reason, and I use it for my own stress. If I just need something to grab onto, and it also uh, doubles as a fidget toy in and of itself. The last thing that I'm going to share with you is not so much something that can be felt, which it could be, but also something that's visually appealing, and that would be rocks. Over the summers of 2015 and 16, I've shared many podcasts that I have gone on cross-country tours. And during those cross-country trips, I went to so many different states that had amazing rock and mineral stores where I was able to purchase things not just from uh, across the United States, something like rose quartz from South Dakota or a lot of the beautiful rocks from Arizona. But I was also able to find different types of minerals from different types of countries. On my desk, I have about 30 different types of rocks. They're all completely different, different shapes, different sizes, different colors, different origins different backgrounds and the greatest thing about the rocks is they're there for people to just simply enjoy just to look at I will have a student who will walk into class and when they're first coming in just take a moment for just a minute just to to stare at the rock and examine it and just kind of connect with it and something like that can really help it can help to take their mind off of something And just being able to feel the rock and being able to, and I have rocks intentionally, I have some that have rougher textures and some of them, some students enjoy those. And then of course, almost every student enjoys the ones with the smooth textures. These can be purchased. You can find a lot of rocks online. And, And to be honest, even if you get rocks that have already been painted, that's fine. Uh, I, I even have gone so far with the rocks to get uh, different types of stones. Uh, they have a lot of different names for these types of stones, but they're stones with words of encouragement. And they also can be used, uh, the ones that are usually smoother in texture, uh, a lot of, they'll sometimes be known as energy stones, but students will sometimes just hold on to them and they'll have little sayings that might say uh, uh, be yourself or peace or respect uh, serenity I mean there are there are so many different things that you can uh, that you can find if you take all of these objects into account you're probably going to be opening up your wallet to the tune of about $200 for me I'd pay more I would pay a lot more. 
because what I've been able to gain and the what my students have been able to get out of my teaching, I think has has risen exponentially because of their ability to be in a more relaxed atmosphere where they are comfortable. Remember and never forget, parents want their children to go to school and to be cared for and to be in a situation where they are in the type of environment that's hopefully similar to their home. The reality is there are also some, some children who enter those same doors of the school bringing in baggage every day, bringing in life struggles. And a simple thing like a fidget spinner, as silly as it may seem, can make all the difference in the world.